So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, and welcome to 90 Day Fiance Okay. I'm Mr. O, and today, Miss H and I will be discussing the Season 9 Tell-All Part 1 of 90 Day Fiance. In this episode, Bilal's ex is getting the silent treatment from Shida, two couples have pretty big news, Kara's high school ex comes with a completely different costume on, we revisit a lot of Patrick and Thais's issues, and even though Tim and Kenny are here as commentators, Jabri is the one who has an opinion about everyone. As always, we'll end with our Students of the Week, Class Dunces, and Life Lessons. If you like what you hear, please give us a 5-star rating and subscribe. And if you also watch Love After Lockup, you should listen to our other channel, Love After Lockup MK, where we'll be covering the new season of Life After Lockup. Alright, thanks for listening, stay safe, and enjoy! Hello, Mr. O. Hello, Miss H. How was Maine? And by the way, don't ever leave me again. (laughs) We talked about this. Uh, I apologize for it sounding like I was underwater and our co-host, Miss G, sounded like she was maybe in another room. That was my uh, amateur audio engineering skills or lack thereof. Yeah, yeah, it was nice. I had a nice trip. I went through, I think I went through seven states altogether. Um, just cause I drove to Maine and those States are tiny. Um, but it was nice with weather, weather held out for us and now I'm back. So, and I get to actually listen to the podcast for the first time ever. I get to be like, let me just listen to this podcast. <laughs> so that was different. Oh goodness. All right. So, uh, we have our tell all and we were a little unsure if it was happening. I mean, we just assumed it was happening, but even the last episode, there wasn't even a preview to the tell all, which is very unlike them. Yeah. At least not on discovery plus. I, I think I might've gotten the impression that people who watched it like on TV oh. might've gotten a preview, but on discovery plus there was nothing. Oh yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Well, I will be canceling our discovery plus very soon <laughs> because. I don't have money classes anymore, so don't have to watch it early. Oh, Mr. O, I know you're upset. <laughs> I know. I usually watch it earlier in the day. All right. Well. Yeah. Um, okay. So uh, let's just start off with Emily and Kobe because they were barely in this one. Uh, Emily walks in looking not pregnant because enough time has passed that Emily has given birth to the girl that she was pregnant with and they named her Scarlet. So they are now a family of four where Emily is a stay-at-home mom and Kobe is working as an asphalt tester. Emily tells us so many women slip into his DMs, especially after Kobe's underwear pictures aired on, uh, you know, the show. So Emily encourages Kobe to show everyone his underwear because she has a special message for all those women that have slipped into uh, Kobe's DMs, which basically is kind of like uh, I... This is my guy. Uh, her face yeah. is on his boxers and it says, I love you everywhere. <laughs> Listen, I was just glad they weren't tidy whities like we see him wearing yeah. every other time. Yeah. Right. So, I, you know, they were barely in this. Uh, I don't know. This whole thing seems very staged with the underwear. I, I was like, what is happening? Because that was the thumbnail for this episode. Oh, it was. It was like somebody's underwear is out. I don't I'm assuming it was Kobe's because we could like it's 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 either Kobe or Bilal because it was a black guy. You could tell that and yeah. like, from behind. And I was like, I hope it's Kobe. Yeah. Well, I saw Emily. You could see Emily off to okay. the side. So I, okay, I, I that makes tell sense. that it was Kobe. But they weren't in it much. Uh, Maybe, you know, we'll get to hear more about life with the new baby. I was actually 
kind of surprised and it made me question the timing of everything because I was like, whoa, Emily's not pregnant. What happened? And it never even occurred to me like, oh, she gave birth a while ago. But I guess that makes sense. It, it, I did because what I noticed on the the marriage ones when they were having their like, uh, you know, rehearsal dinner or whatever, it said February like something 2021. Oh, okay. That makes more sense. That was a long time ago. It was a long time ago. It was yeah. literally almost because because I know um, that Patrick made a big deal about his. Like it was 2-22-22. Like they got married a year apart. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. So yeah, a lot of time has passed. Emily has gotten her pre-baby body body back. So Yeah. Yeah. So the other people that weren't in it very much, at least focused on them, but ended up being in it quite a lot is Jabri and Miona. So let's just talk about what we focused on him. And then, you know, Jabri keeps popping up in everybody else's stories. So when Jabri shows up to the tell-all, he's, I don't know, talking a big game. He's doing his, that same thing he always does where he he wants to like talk himself into being confident. (laughs) So he's like, I don't know, I'm ready for the tell-all, but I don't know if the tell-all is ready for me. So, of course, they come in matching jackets that have, like, graffiti or something on them. And they're, like, long, like, trench coats. And that's just their walk-in outfit. He done changes into a very flashy suit. And, I mean, literally flashy. It has, like, <laughs> sequins and stuff all over it. So, anyway, backstage, he kind of holds court telling about – telling the story about he how he unknowingly d- dated David's twin sister and then – during Sean's intro questions, he suspects that his family and friends are jealous because they're hot, it seems like, <laughs> um, it, including his mother. And, you know, Miota doesn't want to say she's jealous, but the energy is off. So anyway, Jabri really doesn't appreciate – this is when they were talking about them when Ari kind of said something about yeah. it. Like, oh, I think your mom is jealous. And then uh, – he just like snaps back at Ari and is like, well, actually, you're jealous. You're like the most jealous person here. So and then they, he so since she said some shit about him, he spends a good chunk. He does. And he talks things to her about how she's too jealous. And I don't know, we get, we kind of get more into that when they come back because he starts now and then does it later again when they're talking about with Ari and Benny comes back to it. Um. I don't know. He just speaks up a lot after that. We kind of leave them. And then, like I said, I don't think anybody's segment went by without Jabri saying some shit. Like unprompted. Right? Yeah. And I mean, there's always like, well, I shouldn't say always, but more recently, I feel like there has been a shit stir. And I feel like they are like told by production to really like not stay in their lane and to call out everyone for everything. And that's exactly what Jabri did. But Jabri is terrible at it, though. Oh, yeah. Like, he's just – I mean, it makes sense that he would want to be it because if there's anybody who wants to get invited back for a spinoff or Happily Ever After, it's him. Oh, like, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's definitely angling. Yeah. And it's just – yeah. It's just because he does it and everything. We'll talk about it individually when it comes up. But just every time he does it, he does it with, like, the, you know, emotional – intelligence of a 14 year old right so let's start (laughs) off with Ari and Binyam because that was I think who Jabri went after the most probably and what was interesting to me is that Ari probably had the least reaction to it which you know didn't really help him I know he was looking for that fight and it just never really got off the ground right right and I feel like Ari has been this is not Ari's first rodeo, no, right? She's not. been down this road before, so she knows, okay, 
All right. Okay. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Ari starts off with saying that they've been having the same communication problems. But on the positive side, Binyam now has his green card. Binny is still working on his MMA career. Ari says that she just wants him to be realistic about the situation. And Jabri butts in and says that Ari is holding Benny back from reaching to the top because of her jealousy and pessimism. Ari thinks she pushes Benny to do his best, but she also wants him to be grounded. And Jabri becomes argumentative, saying she's hating. Ari then accuses Jabri of thinking everyone is jealous or is hating. And Jabri then tries to set up a fight and says he'll put up $100,000. Kara then pipes in to support Jabri, weirdly enough, saying that rolling up to practice and chewing out Benny over having a female sparring partner is not exactly supportive. And Ari agrees. Emily and Thais both admit to being jealous, and Emily points out that communication is key during uh, Ari and Benny's segment. Uh, Jabri asks what Ari will do when Binyam makes it big and the women start chasing him down and slipping into his DMs. Jabri then says their relationship just isn't going to work because Ari is just too jealous. He thinks that Binny is a star and that Ari is dimming his light. Ari thinks that Jabri is a bully, so she's not really concerned about what he says. Uh, and then Eve kind of just thinks that Jabri is being ridiculous and this is hurtful to say to anyone, really. Yeah. Okay, so do you really think that Jabri thinks that Benny is a star? No. I mean, okay, so my initial reaction to this when it happened was that, like, he's, like, projecting onto Ari everyone who said, Jabri, your outfits look stupid and your music sucks. Uh -huh. And you're never going to make it as – you're never going to be – you know, Kanye West or whoever it is you're trying to be. That's not mm. going to happen, dude. Right. And that he just like, I think somewhere in his head, he feels like absent those people, he would be Kanye West. Yeah. Right. He would be that successful. He would be amazing. But these people are holding him back. And like, he just sees that same pattern with Ari and, you know, and then so he's reacting to that. Like, I feel like he's not yelling at Ari. He's yelling at his mom. Actually, that makes a lot of sense when you say that, because I think he has had people like that are just like Ari saying, I just want you to be realistic about the situation. Sure. Pursue your dreams. But at the same time, like acknowledge that we need to make money, you know, yeah. and if this is something that's not going to make you money and that, you know, you aren't as a big of a deal as you think you are, you're not as talented as you think you are, that we need to do something to support the family. So I'm sure Jabri has heard a variation of this conversation so, before. I, I absolutely has. And it's like and, – and, and he also doesn't recognize that the situation between them is different because they have a child. Yeah. Like especially your – well, you're not letting him pursue his dreams. And it's like, sorry, he's got a kid. Like they come – he comes before his dreams. Sorry. Like your kids come before your dreams all the time. Right. Yeah, because that's true. We've already seen that Ari doesn't really have too much of a problem, kind of uh, mooching off her parents and right. Jabri same. So, you know, but it is different because it's like it's one thing to live with your parents when it's just you and your partner. It's quite another like having an Emily Kobe situation where yeah. all of a sudden you have like an entire family living with your family. Right. And because in Biddy's situation, too, it's like not only – you know, is it not bringing in any money? Like I, I looked it up again. He hasn't had another fight since the one we saw on the show. Right. 
right? One that got canceled, but it's an amateur. They're all amateur fights. They're not yeah. prize winning fights. So not only is he not winning money, he's paying to do it. And he's probably paying big money. Oh, yeah. To do For it. For an MMA gym. Oh, I'm sure that's yeah. a lot. And so it's not like just it's like, a, oh, well, we need to bring in money. It's also like this is taking up a good chunk of our finances. And he's 31 years old. Yeah. Like that's past retirement age for most fighters. And he's like just trying to break in. Like – and that's the other thing too is – yeah, okay. So I think – and I feel like Jabri feels that same kind of pressure. Like who breaks into the music industry as, you know, uh, a new hot th- hot person like on the social media when they're 30? Right. Like and he's 28. Like, he's got to feel the clock ticking on this. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think Jabri might argue it's because people in their 30s give up and get a real job, not because they <laughs> lack the talent. <laughs> it's not even the talent. In order to make that kind of – be the person he wants to be, 15-year-olds have to think you're cool. And if you're 30, they don't. Yeah, that's actually a very fair point. I think also younger people probably have uh, – I think the energy – uh, yes, to kind of do totally. a lot of the work that it takes to make it really big. You know, let's be real here. When you get older, you get more tired. Oh, my God. And things like, yeah, you can't stay out partying all night right. and doing stuff because you even if you're not tired, I was like, oh, man, I made it through all night. And I wake up the next day. and I'm like, what the hell, man? <laughs> you're like, I'm not functional. today. I can't even get out of bed. And like, you're supposed to just pop up and be in the studio that day. And I'm right. just like. My shoulder doesn't – what did I do to my shoulder? <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah. So I, I agree with you and I didn't think about that before, but I definitely feel like Jabri is projecting <laughs> in this situation. So, all right. More people. I'm going to go with Bilal and Shida because they were in it for quite a while. Yeah. So when we see at the beginning, Bilal shows up and he's excited to meet all the cast members and Shida is kind of excited to hope that everybody yells at him for mansplaining and lecturing all the time. So they kind of at the whip around during the beginning. She kind of asks everybody one question at a time. They're like, we're still learning each other's quirks. And then we get a little bit more from them when Sean asks, like, she at one point, she's like, which one of you feels like the adult in the relationship? And Bilal's like, I feel like this is directed at me. So he exp- and then he has a weird explanation that Shida grew up very sheltered and needs his guidance, despite the fact that she's 37. Um, and he's not trying to be condescending. He's just trying to help. So we get back around to them about halfway through the episode and they start with talking about Bilal's neat freak nature, uh, which even came to a head backstage when they were eating and Bilal was like, don't touch me with your dirty hands. God. Then we talk about the house prank. They show us a video recap of it and, you know, him also how he handled her prank of her like tapping him in the car, like hitting him in the head. And they asked for cast reactions. So Kobe thinks that it was just a bad prank and just like super disrespectful to her. But – and Eve also says that it's kind of like a lot of – it seems like you were testing her a lot. <laughs> um, and then – but, you know, every time they say anything, Bilal starts talking and Ari is the one Gosh. who says that it seems suspicious that every time anybody says anything, you have this like rehearsed like perfect answer for actually why this is right and I look good and this is how things should have been. So at some point they ask about the car taps and and she says, raise your hand if you think she was going – doing too much and like – Nobody raised their hands. <laughs> um, anyway, so then at some point, I don't know, it was the weird editing here because Guillermo just like out of nowhere is like, I want to be like you when I grow up. When I was like, <laughs> very confused um, because he always says he's sorry. But then that's when Patrick jumps in and Patrick's like, listen, this dude's a salesman. 
This is all a sales tactic. I literally train my employees to do the exact things that he's doing right now. Oh, he's not wrong. I was oh, like, he is hundred oh, percent right. I, know. I mean, he said it and I was like, it's it. And it's funny. Cause well, we'll get back to it. We'll get back to it. Uh, so Shida says that, yes, Pat has hit the nail exactly on the head. And they talk about the prenup and she says she wouldn't have agreed to the prenup without her two clauses, the attempt at babies before 40 and he'll set up a business. So Sean digs a little bit deeper. And I think part of the reason Bilal was so, you know, not bothered by this babies thing in the contract is because there's literally nothing bad happens I know. to him. Like there's no, no consequences. Teeth, no consequences at all. Ridiculous. So then they bring out Bilal's ex-wife Shahida. And she comes on and tells us that there was some sort of breakdown and damaged the relationship with both of them. They don't get into that right away, but they ask her a lot about why she, why her and Bilal split up. So she implies and ends up saying later that it was her that wanted to end the marriage. She grew unhappy because what she wanted in the marriage was a friend and a peer, but instead she got an imam and a father. Oh um, she also said that the tidiness from Bilal's was a little overwhelming, especially with two kids trashing the house all the time. So they get to get the what's supposed to be the juicy part, like that Sh- Shida has like doesn't even look at Shahida and asks why. And she kind of takes a long time to answer. But it's something we already saw. It was like I felt like it was disrespectful when she came into my house and talked to me like that. So I don't know. Then Jabri pipes up because literally every couple this time he's not. He doesn't get into it too much. He's just like, I just feel like y'all are just blah, 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 blah. I don't even know what he said, but he made a funny voice when he said it. It basically like you're just talking past each other and you need to actually hash these things out. So Bilal says he's guilty of being a neat freak and maybe lecturing. But then, I don't know, he goes off on some salesman thing about like, we're living in a world of words that hurt the fixing of the thing. And I just have to add the tools to my tool shed to be able to react to the aptitude. I don't, it was all just gobbledygook to me. Yeah. So Shahida also says she has negative feelings about when they ask her about it specifically about how Shida reacted to the house, which, and a lot of the cast is like, well, you shouldn't have been that mean about the house. I don't know, but it goes away. So let's talk about that. I mean, do you, you said it seemed right. Do you see when Patrick said it, do you see the salesman in Bilal every time he's fighting? I, Absolutely. Like he does. He always seems very composed. And that's why to me, that whole scene of him getting hit in the back of the head is so funny to me is because it's like he lost his composure. He lost his cool. And he really Mm -hmm. tried to justify it at the time, you know, because I think he even maybe recognized that he had you know, maybe overreacted at the time, but he was, you know, he's got to be all in. He can't show weakness, you know, in something like that. Right. So I I think it was good of him to admit that he overreacted, but he is just so like rehearsed and, you know, and I know it's not actually rehearsed. It's just, you know, being able to present yourself well, but I do think that is a skill that salespeople have. Yeah. And it's not even just the presenting himself well, it's that, it's that, well, let me explain to you why actually you're wrong yeah. and you should do what I'm trying to get you to do. Right. Right. In a, in a way where you just, he tries to out logic. And it's, it's very similar to, I just, I see this and it's specifically because he's a real estate agent. Yes. Right. And I see it in real estate agents that I don't like dealing with. Right. It's like, as soon as they start doing this, I'm like, I'm not signing a contract with you. You are not showing me any more houses. I'm done. Right? Yeah, but it's a it's kind of a low end. So you, it's kind of somebody who specializes in people who aren't 
used to buying houses Mm -hmm. and don't have a lot of connections buying houses and stuff. And they're like, well, you know, I mean, I know you think that's what you want, but actually this is what's available to you. And, you know, if you think about what you really, and they'll kind of convince them that this is the house and that way I don't have to show them another house and I can just roll through as many people as I possibly can, right? Selling them whatever the first house they wanted to see was. And also convincing them that, oh, my money guy is going to be able to get you more for the house and like things like that. And so it, it really... As much as I didn't like him before, and I really didn't like him before, uh-huh. like putting even that context of shady real estate agent, don't forget that. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's what this is. I don't like it. It's even worse now. Right. Well, going back to the whole like, uh, you know, kind of always sounding like he's being rehearsed. I thought it was very interesting, his lack of response in the second half of his segment. It was just like he seemed like completely withdrawn. And it was just like, you know, him being in the hot seat, he was kind of like, sure, whatever you say, if that's what you think, you know, and just kind of like, yep, I guess. And just kind of going along with whatever just to keep the heat off of him. Like he wasn't about to add any fuel to that fire by really saying much. And it definitely came out when his ex came out. Oh, yeah. Well, I think once his tactics got called out, it Mm -hmm. was like, oh, no, if I keep doing this, they're going to keep being like, you did it again. Yeah, there it is. Right. Yeah. Because it because it is as much as he wants to say he's not trying to do it. He is extraordinarily condescending. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, Okay, let's go back to the house prank. Uh, (sighs) I thought Kobe brought up a really good point. Like, why would you set up this quote prank? Which let's be real here. We've already said it wasn't really a prank. It was a Mm -hmm. test. But it just like, yeah, if you're going to say it's a prank, why are you setting up a prank to make her look like a gold digger? Because that's exactly what happened. You made her look like a gold digger to everyone, including your ex-wife. Right. Yeah. And it was. It was setting her up to fail, like, as soon as she got there. Right. And And it just did seem like that. It was either a test. And even if she fails a test, it's something I get to hold over her. Right. For the whole time. Well, I thought you said you would live with me even if it was in a tent. It was like, even if we were in a tent. It was like, yeah. And again, they missed the whole point of why she was really upset. It wasn't that this house is unlivable and I'm too good for it. It right. was, you lied to me. You made me think you had you had nicer things than this. You made me think I was coming into a nicer situation than I was. Right. I feel like it was that, but I do think there was also an element of you don't take care of the house yes. that you have. Yes. It's one thing if the house is small yes. and old. It's another thing if there's paint peeling off the wall, dude. Like, right. why didn't you or take care of that? Or your ceilings are, like, bubbling and caving in. Yeah. It's like, th- yeah, it's, and that that's not, you know, oh, he's rich so he can handle that. It's like, you didn't do basic maintenance. Right, right. So, I mean, I like to think about it from that perspective, which I think is absolutely fair. And you didn't really get a full story because it was some kind of hypothetical situation. Right. Right. You wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But I just feel like we had Shahida on here and she didn't really add anything we didn't know. Okay. I was confused. She did. She did pretty much give the reasons they got divorced are like the reasons we all hate Bilal. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I can see that. Uh Okay. So the thing that she came in going, oh, something happened. There was a breakdown in communication. And it was like, what is she talking about? And then they like, she never got confrontational about what that incident was. So was it supposed to be the prenup conversation that she was talking about? That's what Shida's idiot sound like it was. 
Yeah, but you didn't hear it come from Shahida, and she's the one who goes, "Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fix this right now." And it's like you didn't bring up anything, right? You just, yeah, you just. I mean, you answered the questions, but yeah, you're not, you're not, you didn't come to mend fences or be like, "Let's talk about that thing." That big, yeah. It just, I just felt like there was a big tease at the beginning about like new information, ooh, fallout, and then it was like there was nothing. That, yeah, it was what we already knew. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, uh, that's all I really have to say about them. All right. So let's move on to Kara and Guillermo. So Guillermo jokes about how the men on this show have been hitting the gym and he doesn't want to he doesn't want to have to fight anyone. It ends up that Kara is 16 weeks pregnant and she's has a little bit of a bump and is showing already. Kara says that sometimes Guillermo speaks like a child. Patrick says Kara is condescending to Guillermo and brings up the toothbrush instead of a laptop conversation. Patrick says it's typical of American women to shut down a conversation by controlling the direction and being condescending. Kara says that American women are strong-willed, motivated, and direct. Uh, Guillermo admits he's only used his laptop maybe a handful of times, even though he got his way. Kara says she wanted him to prioritize when they had a budget, and that's really what the argument was about. Patrick says the response that she gave him was basically a put-down. Guillermo says it's not really communication if she just shuts it down and says no. Kobe points out that it's not the message, but the tone. Later, we get to see Chris, Kara's ex-boyfriend, again. Chris says hi to Guillermo, who ignores him. Chris said things were serious with Kara and him, and they had talked about marriage even. He says their relationship was wild, which, you know, very, like, not secretive at all, meant having Mm -hmm. sex basically everywhere. Kara then tells her side of the story of her cheating. Kara says that when she went to college, she felt like she left behind everything, including Chris. So Chris calls bullshit and Guillermo admits that he's cheated at one point uh, and he's actually learned from it. Jabri says that he's called all his exes to apologize and Kobe has had lunch with his ex to pay for it and, and paid for it. So that was everyone kind of admitting they're dabbling in uh, cheating. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Kara's point was essentially that You know, when she had moved on from college, she claims that she had moved on from the relationship, but she never actually said that to Chris. So she was just making out with whoever. And Chris claims that he found out because he had checked her phone while they were sleeping in bed. So obviously it wasn't completely done. Right, right, right. Yeah. So uh, Kara takes offense to Chris saying he isn't man enough for Kara. And Kara points out he must be man enough as she rubs her pregnant belly. Jabri chimes in saying that Kara upgraded to James Bond from Ozzy Osbourne, which was his dig at Chris's style. Yeah. Uh, Chris basically has long hair and he's wearing round sunglasses like Ozzy Osbourne. So Jabri advises Chris to just move on and trust other women again. Guillermo encourages Kara to apologize to Chris, and Kara says she didn't she didn't feel she owed Chris anything, but she apologizes anyway. Chris says he appreciates Guillermo getting her to apologize, and Guillermo jokes that he's just a toddler. All right, so you know, do you think that Kara's right or Chris is right in this whole cheating? 
situation. I think they were 18 years old and they were both assholes because everybody's an asshole when they're 18. <laughs> like how many – I mean, okay. So that's – first of all, their relationship was like you're 18 and it's like, you know, the first person you've been with. And so you just do it everywhere. Like that's very common for a lot of people. Like right. that's the kind of relationship you have when you're 18. And then that whole – I went to college and you stayed and we didn't really clear on what the status of our relationship was, but I went to college and hooked up with a bunch of guys. But when I came home, you were here. So I hooked up with you. That's also super common. Like it's not like a weird dynamic. And I'm not saying it's right or wrong because they're both probably wrong at, on, on some extent, but th- to act like it's a huge, like, oh, this is a very confusing thing. Like I'll never trust I, another woman again. It, it just, that's happens. Like I get, I, I, I can think of at least like five high school couples that that happened to. That's interesting that you say that because I don't know of anyone that that has happened to. Maybe I just rolled with a nerdy crew that never really had high school boyfriends. But, you know, (laughs) it's uh, I can I would probably say team Chris in this like and as common as it may be to me, if you break up, you can't just not say anything to that person and be like, well, they'll just see when I'm like, you know, posting pictures of me and someone else on social media that I've moved on. Like a conversation needs to be had. Well, but that that's the other thing is we don't have a context for how actually serious their relationship was. Like, mm-hmm. were they talking about being together for a long time? Or were they just like, hey, what's up? You want to go to the closet over here? All right. Like, you know, like, was it? And so if it's that kind of relationship and you're 18, you don't know how this game is really played yet. Do you even know of this, that we were just having fun? We were just like, was that even a relationship that I have to break off? I have to officially break up with you. Um, and like I said, 18, I, I promise you, 18 year old Mr. O was an asshole in a lot of ways, right? Oh God. Because everybody is, nobody knows what they're doing yet. <laughs> um, and so, but I, I, I just think it's weird to hold, to come back and like to somebody who's almost 30 and hold like their, failed high school relationship over their head is about like, well, you need to apologize about this person you kind of almost cheated on, sort of, if you thought you were in a relationship and he didn't, or you other way around. Just seemed it seemed really contrived to me. Yeah. Much like Chris's outfit. Oh gosh, um, his yeah. But we already saw him at the high school Yeah, reunion. but it was a completely different vibe. We saw him trying to be, I don't know what he was trying, DMX or like a kind of oh like 50 cent right yeah uh, that, there was the straps there was the straps and the vest and the shirt and like going buckles. with that yeah and the, but this time he's dressed like i don't know a wimpy like undertaker he, like i, don't I couldn't know. figure out what this outfit was because it wasn't just either. the round sunglasses it was like the weird like hat. wide-brimmed hat that he had on with it and I was like, it's, is he like Father Guido Sarducci? Like, what is right. this guy doing? And the blazer with the jeans. Yeah, all black, everything black. Yeah. You know, fake Ray-Bans, like the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot. I don't know. I just I, The other thing I thought was funny in this segment was the part where they were talking about Kara being condescending. And, you know, mm-hmm. they brought up – and it wasn't clear to me I, – I feel, I feel like Patrick kind of got a bad rap because I think he was saying – I thought at least I interpreted it as, as him saying the American women on the stage are all controlling and not saying all American women are controlling hmm. as much as he was like looking at like there's Ari, there's Kara, there's Emily, like the American women here are controlling. 
And everybody's like, how dare you say that about American women? Yeah, I don't really know. I wouldn't be surprised if he met all American women. But the point was, <laughs> I mean, maybe he did. and I don't know. But like the part where she was like, well, I just said it like a minute. Would it be better if I just went, oh, honey, that's a good that, – that, I see where you're coming from with that idea. And, you know, maybe there's just a better thing we can do with that right now. I don't think this is the time. Is that what I should have said? And all the guys were like, yeah, oh my god. That would be so much better. <laughs> I know. I, I very much agreed with Kobe when he was saying – he's like, it's the tone. Because I feel like that is what makes, you know – relationships it makes it feel like you're being like not heard or yeah. that you're being nitpicked or judged oh is yeah people's yeah. tone and you could give the exact same message with a different tone and that person would take it entirely different so you do need to watch your tone with your partner especially if that's not the message you're trying to convey Right. Because I do, I agree that the, her tone for that whole thing, and mm -hmm. she wasn't wrong and he didn't use the laptop and didn't need the laptop. Right. But instead of being like, oh, I think there's like, there may be better places to spend that money right now. Right. Right. It was, are you fucking stupid? Yeah. Like, we're not going to buy a goddamn laptop, you idiot. Right. <laughs> it's like, and it's the same, she, it's the same opinion from her. It's just like, yeah, the first one like makes it feel like, oh, I'm being collaborated with and I'm part of this right. conversation. And the second one is just like, God, do I have to tell you what to do all the time? Jesus. You, like, even dealing with you is such a chore. Oh. All right. And speaking of chores. All right. That leaves us to, and I saved it for last because. It was very fun. Um, Patrick and Thais. So pre-show, we learned that Patrick and Thais have relocated to Vegas and that John uh, – Thais is nervous John's going to be there. It's not clear whether he's still – where he's living now. Yeah. I don't because, I mean, I'm assuming not with them because if she's nervous about seeing him, didn't she just see him like the other day if they were all living together? Right. Well, she's nervous he's going to say something stupid on, oh, okay. at the tell-all and like and like get her upset or whatever. So anyway, we learn right off the bat that she is the other woman who is 16 weeks pregnant along right now. Um, and they eventually roll back in to check in on, you know, major developments in their life since the wedding. So the pregnancy was a surprise because – Patrick thought he was infertile after all the PED use. Oh, God. Like, <laughs> so – and that was actually an issue that they had before she got pregnant because he didn't tell her before they got married, yeah. which I feel like they glossed over a little bit because that's a very big deal. Right. Especially if she wants to have kids. If she's never talked about it, then she can't get upset. But, I mean, sure. I would hope you would talk about that stuff before you get married. Yeah, for real. So he uses the language barrier as an excuse, but then they quick – switch quickly to talking about her how she found out which involved her taking six different home pregnancy tests and hiding them in the cabinet in the bathroom that's so dumb i don't yeah so and then then he had to like because he had to make the obgyn appointment right and she was like yeah i need it for something else i just need a point an appointment with a gynecologist so hook me up with that and so he didn't find out till it was pregnant till, till it was confirmed by the gyno that she was pregnant so Sean points out that that's kind of, you know, similar to the situation of how, you know, he planned the wedding and then told her afterwards and how she got all upset about that. But she's just like, yeah, right. So it, it transitions very quickly to a bunch of things about social media, how she checks his DMs and stuff. But then, you know, then they bring up and they bring up his like 
cheating towards the beginning of the relationship. Um, and they said it like it was a new thing, even though they definitely talked about it during the season. All right. And how he, you know, they were first dating and it was like, was it your first trip to Brazil or second trip to Brazil? They were very weird about the specifics. Yeah. They disagreed on many of the specifics, but it towards the beginning of their relationship, he was didn't think they were exclusive and was, you know, meeting with another woman and, you know, trying to have sex with her, but failing because of reasons because of whiskey dick <laughs> drinking yeah yeah um but anyway later on they come back and they bring john on stage who is big time on boston he's his boston energy varies from time to time john yeah. had very strong boston energy this time so he said he was shocked about the pregnancy and he's excited enough that he got blasted and spilled the beans he thinks because other people found out and he's like yeah i probably told him i don't really remember so at this point, Jabri jumps out of his lane to ask if John is drunk. Are you drunk right now? Oh, God. And unlike Ari, uh, John's not going to take Jabri shit. <laughs> so he um, he's he's like, I don't know. Maybe maybe I, I don't think I'm drunk. I just think maybe the sparkles from your suit are making me distracted. So then we get a montage of all the drunken John behavior, like the steak falling on the ground and him drinking in the morning. And Anyway, they come back to say they come back and say. Well, um, you know, you were always trash talking her behind her back. And he's like, yeah, I was. That was a bad idea. That was a bad idea. My bad. I don't like that. I'm happy for my brother. But uh, eventually he says, you know, they ask, well, do you still think he's whipped? He's like, oh, yeah, I'm happy for him. But he's totally whipped. So then Jabri speaks up again. You know, how are you going to say at least he's up? And then John is like slapping back down. So we got, okay, Sparkles. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just glad you're not wearing a cowboy hat. Yippee Kaye, Woody. <laughs> and then they start talking over each other, and then, you know, how each of them is a big loser. But I am still laughing at OK Sparkles. Yeah. Uh, because so I was like, so where does that, where does, is OK Sparkles going to be like one of those lines that now hits the, you know, pantheon of fanhood, like the, you know, almost there lazy or uh, I work so much work? Ah. Uh. Nah, I don't oh, I think, think it's, it is. I yeah. think it is. Oh, you think so? I, I think it's one of its top top five funniest things I've seen on the show is oh. him saying, OK, Sparkles. It was OK. I mean, have you checked Reddit? I feel like that's a good uh, temperature. Yeah, gauge, they, right? they, they got a lot of OK. I'd see uh, it, uh, there seems to be a split between OK, Sparkles and Yippie Kaye Woody. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Your new uh, 90 Day Fiance. Catchphrase there. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's just it's funny to me, and I really appreciated it because I think I had mentioned before, like how if I would have ever dressed up like my girlfriend, I would have never heard like if making my girlfriend wore matching outfits, I would be made fun of for the rest of my life, and. That's because I know a lot of guys like John. John would never let that go. Right. So is that for like just any occasion or like just every day? Because like, what okay, is? for example, okay or not okay to wear matching pajamas for your Christmas picture? Eh, I would not do that. Coordinating right. is one thing. Matching is another thing. Okay. Like if, if, I, if I'm, if you know, she's wearing a dress and I have a suit with a tie you know, and the accessories match the color of a dress or even the shirt matches the color of a dress. That's cool. No, I'm talking about the Christmas morning picture where you all have the yeah, same no, pajama I'm, pants. I'm not. I, I, first of all, I'm not, I'm not taking a stage picture. Like, 
Like that's not happening. Oh, but, interesting. No. Even with your girls? No, 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 no. I don't. All right. No, like that. I, I can promise you, we have never taken that Christmas that Christmas picture. Okay, so you okay or not okay, matching outfits or coordinating couples costumes for Halloween. Couples costumes for Halloween is okay. Okay. But how? But the thing about couples costumes is they're usually not the same thing. Like you're not ketchup and ketchup. You're ketchup and mustard. <laughs> right? Well, maybe you're thing one and thing two. Would that be okay? That's close. That's a, that's a little. I would. That's a little too easy. I don't think I would go for that costume. But yes, <laughs> co- couples costumes are okay. Um, but yeah, but I would it, possible special occasions. But they just do it all the time. Yeah, all the time. Mm-hmm. Like he buys, they they you know they go on whatever one of those cheap websites that sell you clothes on Facebook and buy like the most ridiculous things. But they do. That's the thing too. And it's like he just it bothers me how much he pretends he has money. And mm-hmm. he doesn't. Well, yeah. I mean, I thought it was pretty known he doesn't have money. That's why he's living with his parents, right? Right. But uh, he's like, but he does that, and he's like, oh. But if you look at what he's trying to, what he's trying to put across on social media is, right. just, and that's what bothers me about the so his his social media persona too. It's just like, it's so fake. Yeah. Everything about him is so fake. And like, and it, sure, John's an asshole, but. John is who he is and he's not being an asshole and he's not talking back to Jabri because he's trying to get social media clout. Oh, sure. Yeah, that's just who he is. That's just who he is. And like if Jabri thinks in a fight it's going to be, you know, if he ends up getting in a fight with this guy, like he kind of showed in the previews, like, I'm going to take this guy upstairs. John will lay him out before Jabri even knows the fight started. Like, he's yeah. not going to be in a fight to, oh, I'm going to get this on camera, me being tough. He's going to be like, nah, I'm going to kick this guy's ass. Here we right. go. Right. Yeah. If the two of them were in a fight, I definitely, my money's on uh, John there. <laughs> but I don't know. What else? What else about them? <laughs> the pregnancy thing is weird. Like, do people think that, like, false positive pregnancy tests are common? Is that what the six tests was about? That was also very odd to me. Like, why didn't she believe she was pregnant? Why is hearing it from a doctor all of a sudden, like, solid evidence, I guess, Mm -hmm. that she's pregnant? And then I, I also thought it was weird that she was okay telling her friend because, you know, she had to tell or she had to have someone there to basically translate for her. Yes. Um, so her friend knew that she thought she was pregnant. It's like, well, why couldn't Patrick fill that position? I don't understand why he has to be the one that's in the dark until you know positively. I mean, I think even if you tell him, you can say, well, let's wait until we get confirmation from the doctor before we celebrate or talk about it, you know, if that's right. how you really feel about it. But I don't understand why leaving him in the dark until you know that to me doesn't make any well, sense. Okay, it, it it kind of does because there's the weird complicating factor of him saying that he had no sperm. Like and to go like you know, somewhere and be like your doctor's like, Yeah, you you completely juiced yourself into oblivion. There's no sperm in there. And then your girlfriend being like, I might be pregnant, I'd be like, wait a second. <laughs> like, hold on. <laughs> and like that is a little bit of a complicated complicating thing if she thought like she couldn't get pregnant or Hopefully she wasn't like, well, I don't want to take it. I don't want to take him because I'm not sure the baby's his would be a would be would be a reason to not do it. Yeah, that's that's weird. And I didn't really think of it from that perspective. <laughs> I just, I, it's weird to me that nobody mentioned it. Like he was literally like, 
the doctors told me I couldn't have babies and here my wife is pregnant. I'd be like, well, mm. I, is that even supposed <laughs> to be like permanent? Like he said that he had taken a sperm count test or whatever a year before. But I yeah, mean, maybe like sperm counts change all the time, right? You always get people who have like low sperm count some months because they're doing whatever to influence the count. And then, you know, it could recover. Yeah, but I thought when he said it was down to zero, that they were yeah, like, no, you're just not making any at all. Bad. Yeah, zero seems <laughs> yeah. really bad. Yeah. All right. So uh, last up we have is Mohammed and Eve. Eve says progress is being made because now she's able to wear what she wants. Mohammed says that he's never made her change out of her clothes, but he says he just gives his opinion. Both of them say things are much better now. Mohammed says it took time for him to adjust to American culture. Eve points out that he might question if she's wearing a tank top to run to the store. Jabri defends Mohammed, saying that they all have never been to Egypt, and he has, so he knows that people don't dress that way there. So obviously, Mohammed needed time to adjust to the change when he got here. He also defends him, saying that how he expressed his opinions were always respectful and framed in a way that made it that made him feel uncomfortable rather than getting angry, berating, or degrading Eve. Eve points out the double standards, and Jabri says he's Muhammad's just learning and adapting. They talk about the hurtful things they've said to each other, like Muhammad saying he'll go back to Egypt, and Eve saying that, you know, pointing out that he can't work. Muhammad says he's worried about her image in front of his family, which includes her social media pictures. Eve says that he said in his religion, people don't judge. Shida points out mm. to Eve that she should have expected all this, considering she knew he was Muslim. <laughs> all right. So do you think that Eve should have expected all this or should she have taken Muhammad at his word when he said that Muslim people don't judge? Um, yeah. I, so that to me is like there's as much variability in Muslim people as there is in Christian people. Right. And like. And to be like, and some Christian people are like, you're being too revealing. I don't like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. They can use yeah. religion for anything. So I think it's bullshit to say like, well, he's Muslim. So you should have known he was like this. It's like, mm, no, sure. absolutely not. Like I know plenty of Muslim people that are nothing like that at all. Right. Sure. And th that, that to me is painting with way too broad of a brush. And if he's like, I don't judge, then yeah, you take him at his word. It says, I don't judge, especially as we've been through this before. He, they met because he liked a bikini picture. Right. Right. Yeah. You'd say you, I would just, I would assume he says, I don't judge. And I like the, I like, this is, I like this. Then you'd assume that he's okay with that. Thing well, that he, he said liked. people in his religion don't judge. So he's not even speaking for himself. He's trying to speak on behalf of his religion, which I always think is a dangerous thing. Like, so, no, one made you no one made you representative of a group of people. Yeah, or this – yeah, this this religion, which has all these different, you know, adherents, all these different, you know, spins and sects and things like that. It's just like sure. – it's – yeah. To, but it's just – he does th seem to think that though. Like, he just – when we hear him talk specifically, he seems to think that his version of Islam – is the only version of Islam. And so he tells us like we all the time, he says, in Islam, we do this. In Islam, we do this. In Islam, we feel like this, right? 
in Islam, we give thanks to God for everything, which I mean, that's probably not, but you know what I'm saying? Like he always is like, I am the arbiter of what is and is not Islam. Mm -hmm. Um, In Islam, we can't be in a room with a man, like with a, with a, with the opposite gender. And I was like, in your adherence to it, maybe, but that's not the entire religion. It's just such a diverse religion and diverse people that it's like absurd to be like, well, you should have expected this because a right. Anything. And no matter what culture it was, you, you can't expect anything out of anybody just because they are that one thing. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, I just think it was interesting that they all kind of have quickly resolved everything from their season right and so it it just makes me feel like it's either fake now or the drama was fake yeah i i i think it's fake now i think they're Mm -hmm. just like just get up there say everything's fine and we'll go back nobody will bother us let's go right right and it looks like we'll get definitely more for the next year because we've got some somebody from the squad coming up on stage next time next week yeah oh gosh the squad hmm yeah, so it seems like we will hear uh, from a couple of the, well, a lot of these couples some more because there is a part two. So, out of the group you saw this week, who is your student of the week? I, I went with John just because he made me laugh, and which is something that doesn't often happen <laughs> at a tell all. Right, right. Uh, I actually went with Ari because I really liked her response to Jabri. Which was basically no response. She just basically was like, I don't really care what that guy says. He's being a bully. So whatever. Mm -hmm. And she just didn't engage. And she was. She was like, he's just trying to get me to fight him. Yeah. That's all he's doing. Yeah. Right. Okay. How about your dunce? So going with that, it's Jabri. How could it not be? Why are you going to say something about everybody? Everybody. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. It's I I agree with you in that he's angling for an HEA spot. Yeah, and I hope he does every and I swear that every time it comes up, every time that happens, we're always like, God, I hope he doesn't get it. God. Right. And of course they end up getting it, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm just like, this guy, I don't I don't want to see him. I don't but that's but as we can see from HEA, they're really angling for who does everyone not want? Who's gonna everybody gonna hate watch? And it's like, ugh. Definitely something I like. Yeah, I mean, I thought their season in general, like separate from the tell all, was fairly boring. Yeah, totally. Absolutely boring. Yeah. It very much reminded me of the LA guy and the Finnish. Oh, uh, Jasmine and Blake. Yes. It very much reminded me of that. Totally. Totally. So it was just like, all right, we never really saw them before. And I like there were a lot of similarities. Like Blake was also trying to do a music thing. Yeah. And it was also the other thing that's similar about it is the woman was boring. Yeah. Miona is boring. Yeah. She doesn't do anything. Right. Her too much lipstick. Like, that's it. That's all she's got. And it's like, I mean, I do think it was funny because I wasn't here to talk about it last week. I just thought it was funny. How they kept, he kept talking about, you don't want to see me on upset on her wedding day. If this isn't going to happen, it's going to be. And we've literally never seen her raise her voice. No, or anything. she was she was the one trying to calm him down. <laughs> like, like, it's OK. Stay positive. She has never like kirked out on anybody, like freaked out, yelled. We haven't had any like Anfisa stuff, nothing. And he's no. there. But he wants her to be that because that's going to that would bring them back to the show. And it's like. 
She's just bored. She's just boring. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, what was your life lesson? Yeah. You know what? And I, I, I kind of happened to two different people here. Like if you're, if you're full of shit and you're kind of putting it out there all the time, like putting your ass out there, somebody's going to call you on it eventually. Right. Um, and somebody's going to be able to call you on exactly what your bullshit is. And, you know, I, hopefully it's sooner rather than later so you can actually fix it, not grow up to be that guy. Right. Okay. So my life lesson was for Tim, which uh, I guess we forgot to mention, Tim and Kenny, Tim of Tim and Jennifer and Kenny of Kenny and Armando were both on to kind of do, I don't know, sideline commentary. Yeah, it was like pillow talk things, but they only did it like three times in the whole tell-all. Right. It was half thought out. It was But weird. my life lesson is for Tim. Everything about your outfit, Tim, no. <laughs> like weird. your glitter pants, your, you know, knee-high boots. I want to say he was wearing eyeliner. Everything about that. Probably. No. I mean, he had a very, he had like a faux hawk, almost mohawk yeah. haircut. But like, yes, I, 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 you texted me about it. And I was like, I saw the boots and I was like, you know what? I don't think I've ever before seen a guy wearing knee high boots unless he was riding a horse or playing heavy metal music at the time. Mm, <laughs> mm, yeah. <laughs> like, and like in the heavy metal ones that like dress up in the crazy outfits, right? Like, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Everything about this outfit was ridiculous. So I don't know, Tim. It's like, let Veronica help you, please. Uh, yeah. Uh, he's He definitely has his own, or his Kenny, very own sense of style. I mean, style. Kenny style's fine. Get some tips from Kenny. Yeah. But it's not going to be, I don't know. I, I just I just don't think, I, I don't know that Tim knows there's a men's section in the store as well. And yeah. He's like, this is this is the manliest looking thing in this woman's section well, over here. I guess I'll take it. Like, well, this uh, you know, boot cut, you know, fits me so much better <laughs> than the men's cut, you know. Yeah, I exactly. Can see yeah, I could see him thinking that too. All right. So uh we will be back next week for part two of the tell all, and I guess the season finale. So that means uh Power rankings. Yeah, power rankings. At yeah. least so far in the tell all, I've I've seen I've, there's been uh, some shifting. Some, some shifting. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. All right. Okay. So until then. All right. See everybody then. Okay. Bye. Okay, bye. Good.